FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 356 of the podcast that goes Snick. I'm your host, Jason Minimal, and this is Axe of Evil. No, no, that's just how I get Axe of the Witch of the Axe. It's Axe, like the book in the Bible, or maybe more uh, appropriate or, or at, for this situation is the old Act of Vengeance, which I think this is kind of loosely based on, I don't know, we'll see. Um, anyway, uh, we will get to that, and, you know, that is kind of the, maybe the theme, there's always sort of evil going on, right? But, um, probably won't be necessarily the main issue of the episode, um, but yeah, it was the best thing we're talking about that lends itself to an episode title. Because, you know, Marvel Comics Presents number 9 just kind of boring. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, a couple of house cleaning items. First of all, my apologies. I know it's been a while since episode 355 came out. Um, as the time I'm recording this, has been pretty much a solid two weeks, which I don't really like to do. But it happens sometimes. You know, probably a few extra days, you know, from... from when I'm saying this, you actually know, really want to do it. Um, that's generally how that kind of works. Um, so, you know, no real good excuses or reasons, just kind of life. Um, lots of traveling, lots of not feeling very well, still not feeling great. Just can't, can't get my house and its members quite purged of all the crap going around right now, of course. Those of you who have kids in school, or particularly in daycare, probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's breeding grounds and cesspools for germs and sickness and all the stuff they pick up from other kids. And, you know, to be fair, probably help give to other kids sometimes as well. You know, I think we give as good as we take. So, um, I do apologize, though. I, I like to keep my episodes pretty regular, I like to have my podcast in fiber, um, you know, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. So, also, I know, just me, I always sound a little congested, apologize if I sound extra congested in this episode, hopefully it doesn't bother anybody too much. But it's either that or I just don't have to talk. <laughs> so, I guess if you hate my voice that much, um, you know, there's other... I'm the comic book podcast to listen to, but hey, if you're here, please keep listening. I love you, and I love nothing more than for you to get some enjoyment out of this little podcast that goes Um, so more house cleaning. Uh, Wolverine is kind of barely in recent issues of Absolute Carnage, and we have not talked about that since number one, and we wasn't in the next couple of parts. Um, now, um, you may remember or recall that when we did talk about number one, my son Ethan came on because he loved like Venom and Carnage and really anything symbiote related. 
Um, and so I want him to help me talk about the rest uh, of that stuff. And so we'll not talk about that on this episode, even though it may normally be slotted in this kind of episode. Um, Actually, I mean, our schedules are fine. He lives with me. I can kind of pull him in whenever I want. He just, between sports and school, um, has had trouble reading everything in a timely fashion. And, and to be fair, some of that's partially my fault, right? I gotta make sure he stays on top of his studies and his chores and all that. And, you know, we've been watching The Office. <laughs> so, a lot of times when he might read right before bed, I'm like, hey, you want to watch an episode of The Office? <laughs> and that's kind of what I do. But I will get him caught up on reading. And I'm going to wait until that event is over and just kind of do it in one lump sum. Because Wolverine is definitely in there, but not really doing a lot. You know, Ethan probably doesn't care that much about Wolverine's part. But, you know, that is the theme of the podcast. Um, it'll probably be kind of light coverage, so it may make sense to just kind of let, I think, all this left of the tie-ins and maybe four and five of that series to come out. Um, so I may just kind of let those, those come out before I pull anything back into the podcast. Um, so that that will definitely be talked about. I'm not skipping it, but it will not be in this episode. We won't get any carnage catch-up here this, this evening or today or whatever it is. Um, so one more thing, we got some Wolverine news, which is exciting. So we've gone a while since we've had a Wolverine solo book. Now, we had all new Wolverine, which uh, morphed into X-23 after Wolverine officially came back. And we had the miniseries, right? We had uh, Return of Wolverine and stuff like that. And we've had some other kind of books, uh, Marvel Comics Presents. Which has uh, Wolverine headlining, um, and of course, Deadman Logan, which is wrapping up. We haven't had a Wolverine proper book really since All New Wolverine. And we haven't had one featuring Logan since he died. And I want both. You know, X23 got, you know, All New Wolverine turned into X23 because Logan came back. The next 23 got canceled for hot spots. Um, you know Laura will be in some of the post hot spots books, uh, Fallen Angels specifically. No news on her whether she'll have her own title and more concerning where Gabby or Jonathan, the actual Wolverine, might show up. But we have now, after New York Comic Con, got the official announcement of a new Wolverine series starring Logan, uh, you know, Wolverine. Um, which I'm pretty excited about. We haven't had that in a long time, and, you know, it's been a while since we've had any really steady, regular Wolverine series to talk about. Like I said, just kind of, I just kind of went through it. I won't do it again. I tend to do that sometimes, so I'm going to, going to stop myself right there. But, it looks like a pretty good book. So, it's going to be written by Benjamin Percy. Now, I've not read a whole lot of his stuff. I know he's done a lot of DC. I read some of it and liked it. And I read some of it and thought, eh, that's alright. Um, nothing really that I read is terrible. Not going to say any of the artists has stuff that's not their best. I'm sure he had some books that were maybe not 
all the way gravy, but um, everything I read was either somewhere between the fine to pretty good scale, right? Um, he did also write both seasons, seasons one and two of the Serial Wolverine podcast, which, you know, I've talked about on the show and I've mostly enjoyed. Um, definitely have some highlights. It seems like he knows Wolverine pretty well, so that, that gets some, some good points. Um, also, of course, about the comic adaptation in the first season. I'm assuming there'll probably be one upcoming for the second season. I haven't seen any official word on that. It's going to have to kind of come out. Um, and it's really hard to talk about his writing on that because he really just kind of adapted his script from the podcast into a comic. Really, all, I mean, mostly I think he was editing himself at that point, convincing it, making it fit in the comic format. Um, you know, 10 episodes into five comics, so uh, definitely meant, uh, condensing some stuff. So, I mean, I guess right now I'm kind of wait and see on the writer, which I think is fair, right? Um, it's not negative, not overly positive, just kind of, yeah, we'll see what he does. Um, art on the book looks like it's going to rotate between Adam Hubert, of course, who I love on the very, you know, former will be a warm winner and someone who's worth I've enjoyed in DC quite a bit uh, Victor Bogdanovich who uh, did some really cool art on the I forget what the book was actually called but it was uh, Superman from China uh, that book started off really good and had some great art um, he's also done some other stuff I know uh, Kind of did some guest spots here and there, maybe on was it super not super sons, but was it action? Did you do a couple of action issues, maybe? And then most recently, uh, did a couple of fill-ins on Aquaman, all of which are really good. I really like his art a lot, so I'm very excited to see his take on Wolverine. And of course, can't miss with Kubert. So I think the book should look fantastic. And I, you know, I'm interested to see what the writer has to say, kind of how he voices Wolverine. I have a feeling this is going to be similar to the original uh, Claremont Lucima Wolverine. Maybe lots of magic or maybe not necessarily patch, but it's kind of Wolverine doing other non-X-Men things and really focusing on that, pulling him maybe out of the, the regular stories. Kind of what I what I might expect from the series, and not. If Percy's done an interview, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'll probably look for that later tonight or tomorrow. Um, I'm kind of just Googling and doing a fine. Um, so maybe we'll talk about that next time. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm, I'm excited to have the book. I think it's going to be pretty good. It's going to look amazing. And we'll see what it, what it goes. But before we can have a new Wolverine, similar series, we got to finish up with Marvel Comics Presents and Dead Man Logan. Now we will finish one today and then do the penultimate issue on the other. Um, well, you know, I say that. So let's talk about Marvel Comics Presents number nine, um, which is the individual story. And there's no other stories. There's another, there's a second Wolverine story set in like an alternate future or something. But, um, no other like characters or, or side stories. So I haven't seen anyone say 
This is the last issue of this run of Marvel Comics Presents. But it definitely feels like it. Like the Wolverine main story is longer than the other installments. And like I said, there's no other in the character stories with other characters in the book. So it feels like the end of the volume. But it may not be. But it's definitely the end of this story. So what we have here is uh, the vigil conclusion written by Charles Soule. This one is penciled by Dio Neves and Paula Sequeira. Each by Orin Jr. Colors by Frank Diamarda and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Um, I'll talk about the other story Um So basically remember that in the future a very kind of malnourished Wolverine, Logan, and his daughter Witcherine have gone to hell to save well, actually they've gone to hell to defeat the truth on his home turf. And to take the fight to him instead of waiting another ten years. And they find Logan's old lover, Witcherine's mom, um Rain is her name, right? Yeah, Rain. Uh yeah, Rain, Ryan, maybe, R-I-E-N. Um, I say the name. I may not be right. But, um, anyway, they find Sylvie, which is, you know, Rain's mom, and she's in hell, and she's being tortured. And when she finds out that they came to try to kill the truth, she laughs and says that the truth is that everything dies. And the contradiction is that for his name to be the truth, and to uphold the truth, he has to kill everything so everything dies except for him. And that's the truth. And so she kind of gets a little crazy in her laughter. Um, Wolverine and Rain are kind of disappointed in this, but then the truth comes crashing in, and which Rain pops her claws, her magic diamond, or some magic bone claws, or what kind of diamond is it? Not like that. Mystical bone claws come, which again I think is a great premise for a power set of like a supernatural Wolverine kind of hunt story, like hunting ghosts and stuff. But anyway, um, they decide that Mom's going to team up and maybe the powers together they can can take care of the truth, but it doesn't necessarily work, but it does buy them some time. And they run into Sylvie's hell, which is the room. Um, which are the hell of many doors. This circular room with all these doors that go into different points of her timeline for her to relive her worst memories. And she can't keep the door open and pass through. She can only look through them. But uh, Rain feels like if they combine their magical powers, maybe they can be strong enough to actually go through the doors. And go back to the past, which gives everyone an idea, particularly Logan has an idea, and so he's like, alright, you guys walk on opening the door, I'll just stall the truth. And so he does, he finds him, and does okay. This is our ripped off, um, in a weird place, there's not, you know, this demon can break adamantium, but he doesn't really pull the arm off and he's not at the elbow or at the shoulder. It's like in the middle of his bicep. That would have to break the bone, I would think. 
Unless he pulls the bone through the shoulder and then just has skin hanging down right after his bikes up, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, they go through to the original appearance of the truth back in 1940s France, where Sylvie and Wolverine first kind of try to trap him and, and set up this 10 year cycle. And in doing that, and they come flying through the door, and the plan works. Truth from hell comes out and sees his old self. And if no one can kill the truth, but the truth has to kill everything else, these two demons, or two versions of the same demon, get locked in eternal battle. And Logan's like, knew it, called it. <laughs> Like, okay, well, what do we do now? And they realize that they have. Well, first of all, Logan talks to his younger self and says, um, You know what? We don't have time to fight. Just trust me. Um, you know, you may have strength, but I've got experience. Um, and, you know, I'm, your, I'm you, so just listen. And so we get a pretty cool snack, maybe a snack of the year, where um, the old man Logan says, I can beat you with one hand tied behind my back. And young Logan says, snap, yeah, expect maybe you kill And so they decide they're going to do their thing. They're going to maintain their vigil. And how it's going to work is they're going to combine powers and intent. And basically, they capture the two fighting demons in stone. And this little stone is a statue. So the way they do that is Sylvie and old Logan hold hands and turn into statues watching the demons. When the demons ever break out of the spell, young Sylvie and old Logan will also break out of the spell and can fight the demons. And then uh, Rain walks up to young Logan and says, Hello, Father. It's nice to meet you. And Logan's very surprised. Um, <laughs> like, what's going on? And what this does, obviously, is set up a way Rain to be part of our continuity. Now it is back in the 40s. I'm assuming she will age slowly like her dad. But it'll be interesting to find out what she's been up to the last 70 years. What she's been doing. Has she seen Logan again? Will she see Logan again? Will we see her again? I don't know. I would think so. I mean, why go to all this trouble if she's just going to disappear? So anyway, I think that's very... Um, there's a lot of potential. Uh, the art here, I think Nev has stepped up his game a little bit. Um, it's a little better than the previous issues. Um, obviously, when Sikiara comes back to the 40s part of the story, he definitely takes a step up. So I like his art a little bit more. Um, but I thought the story is pretty good overall. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I will say I've noticed that. Uh, in issue six, which is Rain's first appearance, has uh, definitely calmed down in the resale market. Um, instead of going from 40 to 50 bucks, you can get it for about half that now, uh, 20 to 25. So it's still definitely more than cover price, but interested to see if that continues to kind of stay steady or go back down. Um, anyway, we have um, this other story by. You Wolverine in Weapon underscore EXE is a cyber story, uh, written by Zach Thompson and Ronnie Nadler. 
on graphics and art by Angelina Orojo. Uh, colors by Chris O'Halloran. Letters by Lucy Zoparamonia. Um, I do like, so, like a matrixy, like, kind of code typed out. The you know, source code is the writer, graphics is the artist, text code is the letterer, insists dot admin, insisting admin. Illustration is the letterers. And then the malware detected is the editor, like the problem. So anyway, um, we have like a future where everyone plugs into an alternate reality, VR. Um, we have a Wolverine character who's fighting a hand who basically are controlling like the underworld of the digital space. And he's going around and he is cutting everything up digitally. Um, you see him in the real world, he has to keep moving from place to place and not be protected um, as he's kind of plugged in. And um, Wolverine continues, as if I underscore Wolverine, continues to fight through his digital enemies um, with some pretty cool arty fight. He faces a silver samurai with like ten arms, um, pretty cool, and beats him by cutting off the arms. He's like, please kill me here. He's like, no, that won't stop me. We'll come back. You gotta kill me in person. So this whole time he's been like hacking um, the IP address uh, while while his avatar has been fighting the hands avatars. And so he finds them physically and finds them. It's actually like ten people plugged into one VR. And he unplugs them all and kills them all. And that's it. Um, it's done. Fun little story, I guess. Looks cool. Cool art. Cool colors. Um. Anyway, I'm gonna give Marvel Comics Presents number nine overall, five out of six claws. All right. Up next, we have the penultimate issue of Dead Man Logan, number eleven out of twelve. Welcome back, Logan, part five. Written by Ed Brisson. Art by Mike Henderson. Colors by Nolan Woodard and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And a cover by Declan Shalvey and graphic design by Anthony Gambino. Um, and now our Dead Man Logan logo is almost completely full of blood. Just a little bit dripping down the last part of the end on Logan. Um, and the, the image part of the cover is all in red like a red old man logan on top of a pile of bodies claws out screaming at the heavens as a bolt of lightning white hot lightning zaps through his chest um and then there's like a stray bolt kind of like hitting one of his claws and then one of the metal claws remember his left hand is metal at this point his right hand uh, bone claws because his hand got cut off and obviously when it grows back it grows back as bone something to think about in Hawkspox if Wolverine has died and been cloned how does he still have adamantium <laughs> but anyway same thing with Archangel but anyway that's a we'll save that next time I talk with uh, Dan and Georgie but um I actually like this cover quite a bit there's been several good covers of this series and this one may be my favorite um this looks really really good it's very striking and you have a feeling you know, it's kind of, you know, it's a Logan cover, Marvel Universe, big bolts of lightning, kind of two choices. Um, 
what might happen in this comic, and we'll find out at the very end. So remember, Logan has come back to the Wastelands. Um, he and Danny Cage are trying to rescue Baby Hulk um, and from that Mr. Sinister and the Sabretooth gang, and it hasn't gone super well. But Hammer Falls, remember Thor's hammer Mjolnir fell outside of Vegas, kind of like in the movie, right, out in the desert. I know that, I think that was more New Mexico, but still. Um, a crater in the desert, and no one's been able to lift it. And that's where we catch up with our cast of characters. Um, as Logan and Danny come in, they've traced Baby Hulk this far, and there's a bunch of, like, hero merchandise, right? Um, I do like there's a guy, you know, you've seen people wearing this Cyclops' was right shirt. Um, there's a vendor who has a Cyclops was, and there's two little check boxes, right or wrong. <laughs> I guess you get to check which one you think. Um, it's kind of a, a fun shirt. I kind of want one. Um, anyway, they figure someone might know something about Weapon X um, here in this town, and everyone's like, oh, it's him, Wolverine. And uh, Danny's like, uh, let's get lost. And there's some people, I guess there's still a reward out. For Logan, and obviously some tough guys want to collect. Um, but Danny starts beating up on a guy, says, Where's Sabretooth? And they're like, No, please, no. Um, and so there's a Weapon X facility out by Hammer Falls, and Logan and Danny infiltrate it. Um, you know, don't really worry about the element of surprise, they just gotta go in. Um, and that's where we meet Sabretooth. And he's got Baby Hulk strapped up. And they're going to try to make the ultimate weapon out of Baby Hulk. Um, so obviously Sabretooth uh, is nasty about it. Um, says you pop your claws and we'll pump him so full of gamma he explodes like a green tomato. Um, so yeah. That's kind of where they are. And this is where we meet um, almost diabetic Sinister. Um, he's in a wheelchair, very uh, bloated. Um, his skin kind of falling apart. Um, and he's like, yeah, it's been a while. He calls Logan the crown jewel of the Weapon X program. Um, but then we found out he had a Hulk. And we decided to adapt. And so they're trying to make a new weapon with Hulk. Um, and, you know, he's been doing some cloning and stuff like that. Um, and Sinister gloats. He says he was the architect of the night the heroes fell. He brought the plans to the Red Skull. Everything was my idea. And Red Skull ate out of my, out of my hand. Um, but then at the end, I was neglected, so he's all mad and whiny. Um, I like glamorous Sinister better, but this is an interesting take. Um, and so yeah, so, you know, there's some more kind of verbal sparring, um, but when it looks like Logan's not going to back out peacefully, Sinister's goons move in, but then, um... Logan cuts baby Bruce loose and he smashes 
and that's their plan to run away. So Sabretooth's like, okay, well, I guess we'll chase them. Um, Logan and he uses his claw to uh, hotwire, uh, I guess, one of Sabretooth's delivery trucks and rides out the hangar or the loading dock or whatever and rides out through the chain link fence and Sabretooth and his biker gang follow him they shoot at him there's actually a pretty cool panel of light coming inside the the back of the van through the bullet holes um and Danny's like can't you go any faster he's like I'm driving as fast as I can someone shoots a rocket and blows up the back of the van causing it to crash Logan crawls out Danny and Bruce crawl out and they're surrounded and things do not look good um and some guy comes up and says you can't fight here this is where Mjolnir is it's a sacred ground and Sabretooth kills him for his protest um and so they square off to fight but then someone shoots Danny and as the blood kind of oozes out from the wound this very much upsets Logan and baby Hulk and Sabretooth says this is your fault you wanted to play hero you caused this and Danny falls right next to the hammer and um, she reaches for it and Logan's like please don't leave me and she goes no it it moved and Sabretooth's like oh hell no as lightning comes and Danny lifts up Mjolnir and it's gonna be Thor so that's pretty cool um, and a pretty cool image uh, of Henderson drawing uh, Danny Thor. Pretty great. Um, you know, probably not quite as cool as Jane Foster's Thor, but Danny Cage's Thor is still pretty badass. And it's a great page. And the color really changes. It really brightens up as the lightning strikes into the hammer. Um, it's kind of been, you know, not necessarily dark, like the sun's been out at times, but very bleak kind of washed out colors and it really just um, comes to life and brightens up uh, when Danny lifts the hammer and becomes Thor so pretty cool way to end the page um, and end the issue um, it's really nice so overall art's still really good the story's still kind of trucking along pretty well um, I will say it feels like we're definitely ready to kind of end. <laughs> I think 12 is pretty long. Probably not too long for this story, but probably just right. I don't think it should really go much past 12. So they, they did pretty good there. But um, overall, I would give Dead Man Logan 5 out of 6 claws um, as the story begins to wrap up. So next up we have Savage Avengers number 5 catching up with Logan um, in the Savage Avengers in the Triumph of Kulong Gath from uh, the Conan and the Barbarian series. Uh, written by Gary Duggan, art by Mike Diodato Jr., colors by Frank Martin, letters by VCs Travis Lanham, and the cover is by David Finch and Frank Diamarta. And it's a team shot. We have Conan kneeling in front with a big sword, Wolverine right behind him with his claws out, Electra behind him with her blades out, Venom behind her, uh, scratching, maybe, scratching somebody, 
or Athenarena. Uh, Punisher behind that with a bunch of big guns, and just kind of floating in the back is Brother Voodoo. Um, it's a fine cover. It's, I mean, it's cool. Electra looks a little off, but everybody else looks pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, not as good as the next one. Number six, which we won't talk about because Wolverine's not in it, has a really cool cover of Conan and the Punisher fighting a giant snake monster, <laughs> which Finch is good at giant snake monsters. But anyway, remember we're in the City of the Sickles in the Savage Land. Kulong Goth has um, raised the Marrow God and is wreaking havoc in Manhattan and our Savage Avengers have chased it and he is espousing his plan as our heroes, our dark heroes, fight the god. Um, some stuff happens. We get a snicked, and then another snicked, as Wolverine hacks away at the monster, but it's not doing a lot of good. So he goes at the head, and it helps, but he actually kind of gets his claws stuck and can't move. Um, and then uh, Conan, who has a little bit of symbiote, forms a giant symbiote hammer. And instead of moving the claws, he hammers Wolverine's elbows. The claws go deeper into the head. And eventually the god's like, I don't like this. And he blows up. And blood blows up everywhere. Um, Brother Voodoo teleports them away as Punisher tosses a grenade in the god's body for good measure. So we teleport back to the city of Sickles. Um... And um, they're going to try to figure out what's going on. But they fight some more hand ninjas. Um, lots of fighty fight. whole lot of just, you know, violent fighty fight. Um, Conan goes down. Uh, we're going to need some more blood um, from Wolverine, I guess. No, actually, he takes the essence from a hand fallen hand warrior and kind of trades it with the hole in Conan's chest and takes the symbiote out or no I'm sorry Venom got out and that caused Conan to collapse whatever I'm kind of having trouble keeping the, yeah um, <laughs> Conan of course is mad but then he's glad to be alive um, more fighty fight as Kulong Goth wants to rule the world because everybody wants to rule the world and he puts Conan in some magic chains. Um, he says, All you have been infected by the dark god's blood. It blew up all over your faces and you swallowed it. Kind of like, you know, when you, I guess when you swallow a walker guts in The Walking Dead. So they, they've contracted some kind of disease. Our heroes are going to go home. But Punisher's like, no, I have to carry my family's coffins back. And for some reason... They can't teleport him, or he doesn't want to. So Conan and Punisher are going to basically drag the coffins out of the Savage Land. Back to America? Question mark? I don't know. Um, Kulan Goth is temporarily defeated. He jumps into a magic well and does something I don't really remember. Um... Yeah, so our heroes go home and Punisher and Conan start on their epic journey. Um, Mike Diodato's last pencils on this issue, I think maybe his last pencils at Marvel for a while. I know he's going off to do creator-owned stuff. 
I never want to cast aspersions on artists and and their motivations. I'm not so I'm not going to say that he was ready to leave and just kind of turn this in on his way out. But the art is very sloppy and kind of muddy. Um, so did not really care for it. And I'm usually a, a fan of Diodato. I normally like his art quite a bit. Um, but as this series has gone on, it's kind of gotten less appealing. I thought originally maybe some of it was just a stylistic choice, like trying to sketchier style. And that could be what's going on here, but it's just really hard to read. And Frank Martin's colors, who I normally also love, don't really help. Um, comics is kind of a mess, unfortunately. Um, so I did not really enjoy it. And when you combine that with the fact that I've kind of only had marginal interest in the story, this just wasn't really a very satisfying read for me. So um, I'm going to give Savage Avengers number... Five, uh, lowly two out of six claws. Um, kind of, I'm assuming Wolverine won't stay out of the series forever, but I'm kind of glad he's not in the next couple of issues because then I don't have to read them. <laughs> so, I don't know, that's probably not a very good thing to say. So, let's move on to something else. Uh, we're going to talk about Wolverine Annual Number One, which is our Acts of Evil crossover, which is weird because annuals are usually like the summer special of, you know, comic series, but there's not currently a Wolverine series to speak of. We talked about at the beginning of the episode how that will be changing in the coming months. But right now, there's no Wolverine series, just this lonely annual. And Acts of Evil is similar and has the same font as the old Acts of Vengeance, uh, crossover from what was it 88 89 I don't remember exactly the summer but late late 80s summer um, where basically all the villains fought different heroes to try to throw them off balance and at least there the story was tied together with a loose plot I'm not going to say all of it was great but it had a story um, these acts of evil annuals and they've all been in annuals uh, kind of harkens back to the summer annual events at Marvel as well. Um, while, yes, it's been a bunch of heroes fighting villains they don't normally fight, there's no connective tissue at all. Like, it's just kind of random stories that happen to be acts of evil, quote-unquote. Um, I honestly haven't read a lot of these. Um, I flipped through the Miss Marvel one. I didn't even, never even saw the Punisher one, uh, or the Venom one, or the Deadpool one. Um, She-Hulk, I flipped through. The Ghost Spider one, I actually really enjoyed, um, but I've been reading that series. Uh, the Moon Knight annual looked interesting, where he fought Kang, um, but I couldn't really get into the story, so I just kind of looked at the art, and it looked really nice. And here we are, our last quote-unquote chapter, but again, they're not really related, um, is Wolverine Annual Number 1, 2019, written by Jody Hauser, art by Gerardo Borges, or Borgs, maybe, I don't know, uh, colors by Marcio Minez and Miroslav Merva, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, and the cover is by David Yarden. Now, the cover is pretty cool. Um, we have Morgana Le Fay jumping out of some pink magic and Wolverine trying to slice her. 
but you know you can't spice magic. Um, I'm a big Yarden fan most of the time. This cover is on uh, the North Side Affair. <laughs> it's not awesome, but it's pretty good. Um, all right, so we start off with Wolverine and Spider-Man fighting some glass guys, some glass bad guys. They're gonna kick. Got places to be. Snicked. Time to get the claws out and take care of business. And he starts cutting through the glass guys. Um, some pretty cool pages here. Um, and like, I got Spider-Man's like, oh, never mind, you got it. And Wolverine, of course, has glass all in his body, little shards of glass. And Spider-Man's like, um, maybe you should take some time. And Wolverine's like, forget it. <laughs> Spider-Man's like, as Wolverine stomps off, he's like, good team up. Let's grab a burger or something soon. You know, if you're free and you want to. And uh, Wolverine gets on his bike, rides across the Brooklyn Bridge. He's going to see... Somebody, he's got to apologize, he says, and doesn't know how it'll be taken. And so he gets to an assisted living home, and he's looking for Celia Stroud. And the guy's like, um, you sure? Because, you know, she got some press when she turned 100, but no one's been here since then. And who are you? And he's like, friend of the family. He's like, oh, yeah, of course, go on in. And so he finds Celia's room and he goes in and she is angry and disappointed to see him. He tries to help her and she's like, don't touch me. And he goes, I'm just going to say my piece and then I'm gone. So we get a flashback to 1938 where Logan and Celia were in love. And they decide to head out west. Go out to California because they know how to party. Um... And they did some work, but they grew apart. Six months later, she decides that uh, he's too different, or they're too different. And um, she takes off. And he's like, well, okay. And he says, I should have gone home, but I didn't. He gets a job uh, at the circus. And she also has a job at the circus. Hmm. And uh, he, he's working on some, like, rocket display. And it... He sees her and kind of gets distracted. And he gets hit in the head with a big metal panel and cuts his head wide open. Um, everyone's worried about him. He's like, oh, I'm fine. He runs off. And Celia comes after him and she's like, your head, it's all better. And he's like, I should have known better, but I just missed her. And um, so he, he kind of is upset that she saw his healing power. He didn't really like to show that to people. Um... But he leaves, but she comes to find him and says, where are you going? And he's got his bags packed, he's going back home. And she's like, please don't come with me. And we see an evil reflection in the mirror. But she takes him to this place, um, and she can and all these tough guys try to take him. And they do, they shoot him. She shoots him. Um, so he's utterly betrayed, and he wakes up upside down, all chained up. And his girlfriend is been taken over by Morgana Le Fay. And she says, in the future, I fought you with her. But now I can change all that. Um, by taking your soul in the past, sacrifice, and, you know, gaining power. And so he's sprayed with some crimson magic mist. And, um, you know, 
things aren't going so hot, but he has to find some red crimson apparitions, and he's able to kind of cut through them and even eventually cut into real life and bust out the chains. And he's Organa Le Fay, and she leaves the body of Celia, who is there with these horrible, like, claw marks in her chest. And Wolverine doesn't really know what to do, and he just kind of runs off. And so now he's saying, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have left you in that condition, and I'm sorry it took me so long to find you. And she's like, you're, you're sorry? And she goes, I don't need your forgiveness, you can hate me if you want, I just needed to tell you. And she goes, she's kind of laughed, she goes, you think I hate you because you left me? No, I hate you because I was this close to immortal power and you made the witch leave me and now all I have is these scars and she's going to keep me young and beautiful forever and I hate you because I'm old now. And so Logan says, alright, well, sorry, and leaves and that's it. Um, the art in this book starts off really cool, like the scenes with Wolverine and Spider-Man is a fun scene. Um, there's something a little off because I don't really like the way he draws Wolverine's sideburns, which is nitpicky but also important, if <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and the story just does not do much for me, to be honest. Um, I never really needed Logan to have a big fight with Morgana Le Fay, and this doesn't convince me that I needed that. And it's really tropey when the lady's like, oh. I'm not mad at you because I'm injured. I'm mad at you because I really wanted the witch and to be evil and you made me not be evil and just old. I don't know. I just, I don't really care. Um, Wolverine annual number one, two out of six claws. All right. So we have Marvel Comics 1001 by everybody. Continuing our story of the Eternity Mask from Marvel Comics 1000. This one is not as big, but has, it's kind of the same format, though. One-page stories. There's a really cool cover by, um, oh, jeez, uh, Rod Rice. Um, I actually got the Gleason wraparound cover by Patrick Gleason and just him drawing a bunch of heroes. And it's pretty rad. Um, has Wolverine, of course, on there as well. Um, so there's a couple of stories that feature Wolverine. Uh, basically, it's the story of the new, uh, what's his name? Dark Rider? Pale Rider? Wow. What is his name? <laughs> um, shoot. Hell, my friends, drive a low rider. Mass Raider. I was way off. Um, anyway, uh, the first and last page are by Al Ewing and ACO, and I love ACO's art and his colors. Actually, uh, Tamara Bonvian does the colors on this one, but um, really nice pages, but basically the bookend of the mask and the masked raider saying, I can move in and out of time. And there's a tape point that says shuffle at 6 minutes and 16 seconds. Of course, the 616 universe is Marvel. And then now we get a bunch of one-page stories. We have um, Bagley returning to New Warriors. And we have um, Kamala and Miles page. Um, we have some other stuff. And we have a cool page of Nightcrawler, like Keeping a Sentinel from Blowing Up um, by Andesenti and Kim Jacinto. Um, I like Jacinto's style. Um, we have a visually interesting page of Tigra by 
uh, Palmiotti and Connor. Um, Declan Shalvey has a cool Daredevil page. Uh, Scott Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang has uh, an honestly kind of not trying to be too funny uh, and, and kind of a touching Spider-Man page. Um, then we get our first Wolverine page in Rain Check by writer Amy Reeder, art by Natasha Bustos, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, and it's basically back in the days after Jubilee joined the team, and Storm storms out. She's having trouble with her powers and can't control the rain, and a guy offers her an umbrella. Wolverine and Jubilee are in the room when she storms out. Um... So yeah, that's that. Um, we have a funny, if you remember the old Charles Atlas ads of like, you know, the weenie on the beach and he comes and says, hey, get muscular like me. We have one, but it's Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet and says, are you fed up with seeing Huskies walk off with the best of everything? Sick and tired of being soft and flabby or half alive? I know what you mean. Send me money and I'll snap out half of existence. Uh, send you know send a little coupon. Kind of a clever little parody of the old old Silver Age ads. Um, we have a cool uh, Pascal Ferry drawing of the Beast by Gene Willow Wilson as a writer. Um, you what else we got here? Um, some other stuff. Um, there's another page of Wolverine, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Pere Perez, color by Mattia Icono, uh, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, and basically Kitty comes to visit a guy, a mutant in a hospital, and he's, his powers kind of hurt some people, actually killed a bunch of people, but they kind of gloss over that, as Guggenheim tends to casually treat death, if you remember from X-Men Gold. Um... Anyway, she's like, you have a choice. You can be a good mutant, or a bad mutant, or an X-Man! And we have a picture of the X-Men, including Wolverine, in his original solo series, the black kind of tank top and spandex and red belt. Um, what's it going to be? We have kind of a funny, one of the better pages, actually, is Hulk Cookies. Um, and it's a bunch of cartoon-like little kid Hulks. And Green Hulk, Red Hulk, and Blue Hulk come in, and there's a store giving away cookies, one for each customer, and then get them, and they want more, so they wear costumes, and then get them and come back, and they want more, but they're in superhero costumes of Thor, Spider-Man, and Captain America. But then Thor, Spider-Man, and Captain America for real come in, and it's very awkward, and so their penance is to serve cookies uh, for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, so there's some more stuff. Um... Actually, kind of a cool page by Lee Williams uh, with some cool art. Uh, Nina Vacueva of just kind of the Blast Squad, which is Jubilee, Dazzler, Gambit, and Boom Boom. Kind of a cool idea, and they're basically testing Emma Frost's diamond form. And they make a crater in the ground, but she's still standing. It's, it's a we're a one-page kind of nothing story. It's not bad. <laughs> So the Watcher's talking about how he never interferes, but he always interferes, and it's really important. And we see the shadow of Galactus over his body, but it turns out it's just the Inhumans making shadow puppets on the moon. That's kind of funny. Um, what else? Um, there's one more Logan appearance. This one's by Larry Hama. Interesting, coming back to Wolverine. And uh, Andrea Sorrentino does the art, Matthew Wilson the colors. 
V.C.'s Clayton cows the letter and its consequences, and as Logan and Jubilee sitting on a bench at the beach in California, the guy comes up and he's giving him some flack, and he makes fun of Wolverine for being Canadian, and Wolverine's trying to tell Jubilee to be patient, but he knocks off his cowboy hat, and he's like, all right, you can blow some fireworks up his butt, and that's kind of where we leave off. There's a touching Spider-Man page by Carrie Andrews, and then that's it. Um, so there's a lot, kind of up and down, some interesting pages, some kind of who cares pages by lots of different people. Um, I would give Marvel Comics 1001 probably three out of six claws overall. All right, so then we have the history of the Marvel Universe number three. Um by Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez. Alvaro Lopez does the inks. VC's Joe Caramania does the letters. And the cover is by McNiven, Farmer, and Hollowell. Um, I actually went with the Rodriguez variant, which features Spider-Man. Um, the McNiven cover, I think, has Wolverine on it. Um, so again, just we start with the Fantastic Four and go through history. Just some really cool panels. Um, the panel of the Hulk blowing up looks really cool. The Gamma Bomb. Um, there's a cool panel of Spider-Man where he's... It's a big panel of him swinging. You know how his leg has the webs? Well, each little web is like an individual panel. It's really cool. As Rodriguez continues to just do really cool panel layouts. Um, and we meet Avengers and the Watchers and the Inhumans. And we see the original X-Men and the Brotherhood and just some really cool art. Um, we meet Daredevil, the Thor, I'm sorry, the Hulk and the Thing battle it out. Fantastic Four get married. We meet the Inhumans, Black Panther, Silver Surfer, and Galactus. There's some cool panels. Um... The Negative Zone, Captain Marvel, uh, just really, really great art. Uh, the Kree Scroll War, uh, Beast. Oh, so the panel of the Beast turning himself into the Beast. Um, we have like a shadowy Hank drinking the test tube, and he's all like in black but with his glasses and his hair in the test tube colored. And then kind of coming out of the silhouette is the new furry beast. It's a really cool look. Um, we meet Punisher, Ghost Rider, the old Illuminati, all the Kung Fu stuff and the weird 70s stuff. And just more cool art as we go through this. And, you know, 70s stuff. And then our Wolverine pages. We have, like, Wolverine diving through the panels and his costume changes. So we have, like, him and like a western boot and jeans uh, running away from Alpha Flight in Department H. And then we have him kind of fighting Hulk and Wendigo. And then his panel kind of lands with him joining the giant size X-Men team. And then the last page is Gene getting overtaken by the Phoenix. And we have that kind of recreation of the floating heads, including Wolverine. So visually continues to be awesome. Um... The story is the story. It's just kind of snippets of the Marvel history, but put together in a really cool way with really cool art. Um, continue to give this just a solid five out of six claws. And so, last but not least, 
There's a very short Wolverine story in Fearless number three. So let me find that real fast. Um, oh, I think the credits are at the beginning. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. So this is this chapter is Jubilation, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Altin Farmansaya. Maybe I hope I said that right. I tried, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and. In this story, Jubilee and Wolverine are on a mission, and Wolverine gets on to Jubilee for her social media presence, and particularly her fondness for dabbing, and he's grumpy about it. When they fight some bad guys and save some mutants, and at the end she dabs, and Wolverine gets mad, and her fireworks set off the alarm. Um... I don't know. I think it's supposed to be really fun. I'm not sure how fun it is. I mean, Jubilee dabbing is kind of funny. I think my 13-year-old would probably really appreciate that or laugh at it. Or maybe would have laughed at it last year or not this year. Maybe dabbing's too old. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's right. Denise said he's 13. It's a roll of the dice. You never know. The art is kind of cute. It's kind of anime style. Not really necessarily my thing. Um, I think Wolverine is too grumpy. I know he's a grouch. And he may not want Jubilee to be on social media. But I don't think he might make a huge deal about it. I mean, she's a teenager. But anyway, I would give this little snippet of Fearless number three. Three out of six claws. And that is our episode. So I hope you enjoyed it. Again, apologize for it being so late. Um, but next up, we will finish Hawks Pox with the Excalibro. So really looking forward to that. And you should too. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. As usual, please like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Um, and Facebook shares and Twitter retweets. Always appreciated. And, yeah, that's going to do it. So, until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. And snacked.